Hello, Red Wave. Welcome to Beware of Bulldogs podcast. And today I got Michael with me and a very special guest, Matt, the president of the Rebel Report. And he talks all about UNLV and he talks, uh, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but you talk a lot of Vegas sports in general. That is correct. So tell us about the Rebel Report and what you do. So the Rebel Report is a student organization, obviously run by the students, and we cover all athletics in Southern Southern Nevada. Um, Obviously, we do UNLV athletics, so we do football, baseball, basketball, hockey, all that good stuff. Uh, But we also get to do the professional events. Um, We get to cover the Raiders, and we also get to cover the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights. Uh, We get to cover the Las Vegas Aces, our uh, WNBA team. Um, And we also get to cover some other various things around the Valley as well. What's your favorite to cover golden Knights, because that's one of the best professional events that uh, I've ever been to. And they're just, their games are a lot of fun to go to and getting to go to games for free is a pretty sweet perk. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I, I, I I tell people that's not why I'm getting into this job, but it it helps a lot. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, And another thing that helps is that the golden Knights, it seems to me that they were good right off the bat. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people complain about that, but as soon and my favorite thing to remind people of is all the, all of the pundits and everybody that said how horrible they were going to be their first year. And then they go to the Stanley cup final. And now all everybody wants to do is say, Oh, they were gift wrapped the team. You can't have it both ways, guys, figure it out. <laughs> you told us we were bad at the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pick one. <laughs> so someday you, you're going to have to teach us hockey. I know we were talking earlier. I know about icing. I mean, offsides. I don't know about icing. But so you have to teach us all that the easiest way to remember icing. Okay. So if you're in your zone and you're on defense, okay. And you shoot the puck to the other side of uh, the other side of the ice mm-hmm. and you have not crossed the middle line, that's going to be considered icing. And where it gets tricky is when you're on what's called a power play. And when you're allowed to do that, when you're on a power play, cause it kills time. Um, and it punishes Got the it. other team for letting that happen. Learn something new every day. <laughs> But we are here to talk UNLV football. Correct. So uh, so, it's been uh, quite the start for UNLV. We, uh, I'm I'm just going to say that. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's been a long haul for you guys. Uh, I'm just going to touch on it. You can plug yours if you want. But um, 0-3 start, Eastern Washington, uh, who is a good FCS team. Number 23, Arizona State and 14 Iowa state. So not an easy start to the season by all means. No, not at all. And like, like you mentioned, Eastern Washington is one of the better teams in the FCS right now. Um, So even though they did lose to them, it's not the absolute worst thing in the world. I mean, that again, that depends on who you ask though. There are a lot of people out there that go, Oh, you should not ever be losing to an FCS team. And to be honest with you, I kind of get into that boat for a certain for to a certain degree i mean at the same time i recognize that they're they've been they've been dominant in the big sky forever and and unlv is kind of let's let's be honest they've been bottom of the pack for in the mountain west for as long as i've been alive Mm -hmm. um and then obviously the the arizona state game the iowa state game the arizona state game actually is pretty close going into halftime yeah and then the the offense yeah, the offense just failed to show up in the second half, and I mean the defense couldn't keep the the floodgates from opening. And then we don't talk about the Iowa State game. 
<laughs> well, that's a really good Iowa State team and considered one of the best coaches in the country. So yeah, nothing to hang your no, you hang your head too low on that one because that's a that's a good team. But uh, so you said your offense kind of disappeared against the um, Arizona State Sun Devils. But uh, why don't we just jump right into your team? What uh, who are we looking at? And if you're a if we're go, you're going to the game on Friday or watching from home, who are some rebels that the we should be paying attention to. So you got two big names that you're really going to want to keep an eye out for. The, the first one is none other than the backbone of the Rebels offense himself would be Charles Williams, their fifth-year senior running back, who not only, as I said, leads the team in offense, but he also leads the FBS for active uh, active yardage, I believe, is what it is. Hmm. Um, as, as I mentioned, he is, without a doubt, the backbone of the offense and – everything goes through him. He's got, I believe 250 somewhere in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. yardage through the first four games of the season. And now admittedly a hundred and almost 180 of that was in the first game against uh, Eastern Washington. But at the same time, I mean, he's averaging four and four and a half yards of carry somewhere in that area. And he's their best player on offense. And it's not particularly close after that. And then on the, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Jacoby Winman, he's a linebacker for them as well. He's probably their best defender. Um, he leads the team in tackles right now. Um, outside of that, I, I mean, they're kind of they're kind of a young team right now. Um, they're probably going to end up rotating a bunch of quarterbacks in in this game too. Um, Doug Brumfield's supposed to be coming back off uh, an injury that he had prior to the Iowa State game. Um, and then outside of yeah, that's that's about it. I want to bring up Charles Williams. It- He's, I mean, he's shredded us before, ran all over us before, and he's a local kid. So he went to a local high school down the road here, and it's always a bummer when we don't get those guys. So (laughs) uh, he always comes to uh, Fresno State with a, you know, a section for his family and a little chip on his shoulder to show off. (laughs) We don't really talk about the coach who uh, fumbled that one on bringing him here. He's a, he's like Voldemort. He he who shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know how he, um, how he ended up here, but I'm very thankful that he did because he's, like I said, he's one of the, he's probably the best offensive player on the team. So what happened with the, the QB situation? Because I was doing, I was watching some videos and I saw Brumfield for a little bit, and then I don't know if he got hurt, and then you have another guy come in and a transfer come in and freshman, yeah. and then Tate Martell. I'm like, oh, four quarterbacks, yeah. what are we doing? So, yeah, like you mentioned, they, they do have four quarterbacks on their roster right now, and they've played all four of them. Um, Justin Rogers was the transfer from TCU that came in, and he started the game against Washington State, and I'm just going to tell it how it is, looked pretty abysmal. Uh, in the first half, and then he got benched in the second half of that game for Doug Brumfield, and he played a lot better. And I mean, you could really see the difference in those two guys. I mean, Brumfield's really able to push the ball down the field a lot more than uh, Justin Rogers at least showed that he could. Um, and then, so so obviously he played through Arizona State. Dead didn't play particularly great, but nobody on the offense really played particularly great in that game. So you can't really just single out one person then end up getting hurt. And so then they end up rotating two, two, three quarterbacks in the last game, I believe. Um, and now Tate Martell's hurt. Um, it was, it just came out a couple of days ago that he hurt his foot. Now he's out for like two to three weeks. So gotcha. it's bad luck for that kid. I mean, he was heavily recruited out of Bishop Gorman is one of our, our pretty much not pretty much. They are the, top high school in Nevada. It's again, it's not particularly close there. He goes to Ohio state. 
Um, again, kind of unfortunate with him because he, he gets behind both Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins, who are both in the NFL right now. Um, then transfers to Miami, can't win the job out there, and then transfers back here, and now he's hurt. So, yeah. it's just I feel I feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to actually ask about Tate Martell because I was I didn't know he was hurt, so I was kind of looking forward to seeing if he was going to be a guy we could watch because he is a fun player to watch when he's out on the field. He's yeah, he kind of bulldoze over people, and so kind of fun as a quarterback. So, if Brumfield yeah. is healthy, do you expect him to start? Yes, um, just because, like, you know, it's it, that's a tricky question because the, the, the easy answer would be to say yes, but me personally, I really want to see what Tate Martell can do. It's, I mean, he's not hurt as well just because, again, he's, he's heavily recruited. He's mm-hmm. been to bigger D1 schools and stuff like that, and none of the quarterbacks on the roster that have played to this point have showed that they can be the guy moving forward, so – You've started four quarterbacks in three games. You might as well, or you play. I'm sorry, you've played three quarterbacks and four quarterbacks in the first three games. You might as well start the guy that transferred in here for out of Miami. Right. Yeah. I like the I like the odds for him on that one. Um, I had a couple. Uh, what? So, what is the head coaching uh, Arroyo? Is he? Uh, is that something people in Las Vegas are? Is he on the hot seat? Are they excited <laughs> about him? Do they like him? What's the feeling around head? head it depends coach? who you ask. Again, um, <laughs> the the short answer is I don't think he's on the hot seat now. Uh-huh. Um, but he lost his first six games of the season last year. Um, he's lost his first three. If they lose out, he's going to be at about eighteen an eighteen game losing streak, and I can tell you for certain i do not know a single coach in any sport professional or college or high school even that survives an 18 game losing streak so we'll see what happens not a great I'm, stat not a great stat there for coach no Martin. not at all yeah i noticed the last time unlv won a, a football game was uh november 20th of 2019 i believe you yeah, data <laughs> yeah that sounds about right that was that was those were the days man <laughs> so do you guys play in Allegiant stadium Yes, they do. What is that like? That is so. I've been I've been to a lot of professional football stadiums. Um, I've been to um, pretty much all of the teams around here. I haven't been obviously. I've been to SoFi because it just opened, but I was I've, I've been to a lot of football games. Basically, that is easily the nicest stadium I've ever been in, and it's not particularly close. I mean, obviously because it's new, but at the same time, just like the the design of it and, and pretty much everything about it is it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. I know that's one of my dreams. Is I'm a big Raiders fan, so I want oh, to get yeah. over there soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going. I'm gonna kind of toot my own horn here, but I'm going to their game on Sunday. So, <laughs> oh, right on. We'll have fun. Go Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna ask uh, for the stadium for that first game. Did you guys see a lot of student turnout, or is that too? Uh, is the stadium close to UNLV's campus, or so the stadium is? So, if you look at it one way, um, in the middle is the Las Vegas Strip. If you're look, if you're facing like I'm just going to use North as an as an instance facing mm-hmm. the s- campus of UNLV is to the east of the Strip, and by about two miles, and then the Allegiant Stadium is about a quarter mile off the Strip to the west. So it's not particularly far. Um, it's a lot closer than Sam Boyd Stadium was. I think Sam Boyd Stadium was like 15 or 20 miles where they used to oh, play. Wow. Yeah, it was nobody ever went to those games because of how far it was. Um, as for student turnout, it was a lot better than it's been in the past. 
Um, again, because the team's not really winning or because they're not very good or anything like that, you're still not seeing a ton of people come out. I think the, the game against Iowa state that they had, uh, I think something said they had like 35,000 fans there and about 30,000 of those were people from Iowa state. Wow. So and again, I'm probably over-exaggerating that number, but there were a lot of Iowa State fans at that game. So they they usually get a turnout of about probably fifteen to 20,000 people um, do you in think a stadium. This, that's, go ahead. Uh, do you think the, the new stadium is going to help with recruiting? Um, yes, but not enough, if that makes sense. Okay, why do you say why do you say not enough? UNL, UNLV 18 game losing streak by Yeah. UNLV's got a lot of stuff working against it and it's not just necessarily the football team. Um and I I've, I've had conversations about this with people in the past. Uh it, it just going over some of the issues that they have to overcome with recruiting. When you look at the Mountain West Conference as a whole, you have realistically three teams in that division in that conference that have four technically if you want to include Wyoming with Josh Allen that have put people in the NFL Boise state is all, always a powerhouse. They're always in some sort of news and putting people in the NFL Fresno state. Obviously you guys given Las Vegas, Derek Carr, and then Devonte Adams out in uh, green Bay. And then San Diego state is another one that keeps putting that put, I believe Marshall Falk in the NFL too. And then when you look at UNLV Randall Cunningham back in the seventies. So that's really about it. Um, the other thing, too, that really goes against UNLV in recruiting is the location of it. Um, if you guys have never actually seen UNLV's campus, it's in, not quite possibly, it is in the worst area of town here. It's kind of like where USC, Southern California sits, mm-hmm. um, out in South Central LA, but it's a lot, I wouldn't say it's worse, but it's on that level, too. And it doesn't have the prestige that a place like USC does. Right. And then obviously them losing all the time and being, you know, perennial, perennial mediocre team at best. Uh, doesn't help them at all. How do you think UNLV takes the next step forward? Forward. <laughs> I I I think the next step forward for them, obviously, other than just winning a game this year, um, is they need to be able to start making bowl games. Um, so you need winning five, five, six games a year just to make themselves bowl eligible. They haven't been bowl eligible since I think 2014. Um, and again, that's another thing that again, doesn't help with recruiting. It doesn't help with luring better coaches and coaching staffs in here as well. Not saying Arroyo is the wrong guy for the job, but again, if he goes 0 18, he's probably going to find himself out of it. So, mm-hmm. all right, well, I got a little sidetrack talking about this <laughs> stuff, but I want, I want to go back to the, the field. And right. what, what the Bulldogs and the Red Wave, we, what we can expect. And could we want to learn a little bit about you guys. And, but um, so a lot of the teams that we played have been run first heavy, right? Uh, UCLA was that way, but then they turned into, they had to pass on us. Uh, it sounds like you guys are going to be the same way, run heavy. I mean, that's your best player is your running back. Yeah. But when I watched the highlights and Brumfield was, was in they ran a lot of rpo stuff and brumfield kept it quite a bit and we've struggled against running quarterbacks do you think that is the the best shot at you know um hanging with fresno state yeah i absolutely do if they're if they're able to get their rpo game running or even get uh, get charles williams rolling they they have they have an outside chance if you guys are able to force brumfield to throw the ball or any quarterback that's in to throw the ball you know he's gonna be in a lot of trouble 
Um, and, and I'm not saying they're bad throwers of the, the ball. It's just that that's not their style of game. Their style of game is running the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was uh, going to ask about the other skill position players that you might have on the offensive end. Is there anybody that we should look for from the wide receivers and tight ends or maybe another running back? So Kyle Williams, I believe. Yeah. Kyle Williams is one of the, uh, one of the better receivers on the team. I know he had a couple of drops throughout the year, but he's still probably the biggest target that you're going to see out of them. Um, There's a few others here and there, but for the most part, he's, he's the big one that I think you might, you're going to need to watch out for. What about on the defensive end? You brought up the, uh, I believe, the linebacker. Is there some other folks that we should be looking out for? You know, and I, I don't necessarily think it's one person on their defense. Um, and a lot of people that are going to look at stats and just look at stats and don't watch the game are going to see that they give up 400 or so yards a game. But in reality, the strength of this team is their defense. They've kept it's kept them in the game against Washington State. They forced three turnovers at crucial times. They held Arizona State to only 14 points in the first half. And I believe they only held they held um, Iowa State back for like I think only seven points in the first quarter or something like that. So like I said, it's not necessarily one person on their defense. It's just they their defense as a whole is the strength of this team right now. Mm-hmm. Your D line seemed to get a good push against Arizona State from the highlights that I saw. I was impressed. Yeah, they've their defensive line's been pretty good this year. And I mean, that's kind of a revelation because last year their entire defensive side of the ball was very, very not good, is like I guess the easiest way to put that. <laughs> um, we have sorry, Michael, did you have something? No, no, you're good. I was we have I'm looking at the the spread here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up and you tell us what you think. The the spread right now is at 30 and a half. So yep. the dogs are favored by 30 and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's, I hate to say it, but that's probably pretty accurate. Um, I, I know last year UNLV was able to hold Jake Hayner to only like 160 yards passing, but I just, I don't, I just don't think they're going to be able to do that again this year, just because I don't think their offense is going to be able to move the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. their offense has really struggled to move the ball this year. And it's, again, that's part of the reason why their defense has given up 400 plus yards a game. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've struggled holding onto the ball. So if you guys can force turnovers, I think that's 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 one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like somebody put butter all over the football for us. We can't even hold yeah. on to it. It's slipping out and it's yeah. flying everywhere. So um one question I was gonna ask on a complete side note. Uh UNLV's uh athletic director. Um, right. uh she left. She was actually I was a big fan of hers. I thought she did a great job for UNLV. She kind mm-hmm. of advanced the ball. She got a lot of national recognition, but she left for the sec. Right. Uh, has that taken any toll? Do you think on the, uh, f- uh, from a football program or have you seen any kind of a hiccup from the, the program or do you think that doesn't really have an effect? Um, I, I think it's too early to tell what the program as a whole. Um, I mean, she left like right before the season started. Arroyo was kind of her guy that she hired. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, I, I think it's too soon to actually tell if, if that, is affecting the team or not personally. I, I don't think so. I think it's the fact that they're playing a hard schedule and they're, they're just, they're struggling to move the ball. That's, that's kind of my thoughts on that though. Yeah. I know she was doing a great job. She increased some fundraising and I mean, yeah. she helped you guys get into Allegiant stadium. I mean, that's a huge get. I mean, whether, whether or not it helps in recruiting, that's really, really cool and a really special place that the rebels will be able to plan for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. 
Oh, one, one, I want you to be completely honest here. Okay. Oh, okay. Wanna, so <laughs> we've had, we've been doing, uh, this in the past few weeks, talking to guys that have podcasts or, right. eh, you know, for the opposing team, but, I, and we haven't asked this yet, but I want you to be honest. What is your opinion or what is the opinion in UNLV about Fresno state? <sighs> You you know, all, I, you're not going to hurt our feelings. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Um, so <laughs> let me put it this way. They're, they're not on the level of UNR. Okay. Right, so like right. they're, they're not super hated, but realistically, when you go around campus and you talk to a lot of people like sports in general uh, for, for the college, don't really come up that much just because again, they're, they're not very good. So, you know, talking about rivals and stuff like that, unless it's UNR, like, it doesn't really come up much. Okay. What about for, what about for others? I mean, other sports for UNLV basketball uh, gets it a little bit more just because it's a little bit, been a little bit more prestigious here than football has, but, and then that's where you'll start to see like more. Kind of like, I think UCLA is another team that people around here don't particularly like same with a lot of the California schools in general, but I mean, that, that's just kind of the rivalry between Las Vegas and LA and those kind of places in general. So well, I can get on board on hating you, uh, UCLA. That sounds yes. like a good time. We can do that. <laughs> I, I, full, full disclosure, I'm, I'm a USC fan, so when you guys beat UCLA the other night, I was on cloud nine. So that was I, great. Uh, I, I yeah, it was a great game. I mean, did you get a chance to watch any of it? I caught the, I caught the highlights of it because apparently nowhere in Las Vegas carries the Pac-12 network. That's fair. So I, nobody I didn't nobody in the anything. country covers the Pac-12 network, so you're not missing out. They got to do something about that. It's just, it's ridiculous how like exclusive that it's all, it reminds me kind of, of the, um, how the Dodgers used to be out in LA where they were only on one, one station out there and nobody outside LA got that station. It's crazy to me because I mean, they have such big, they think they're so prestigious and these such these big universities and it's like, you have to, you have to scour the internet for the PAC 12 network and it's crazy. And then I don't even think their streams were that great. You know, there was a, when we were playing against Oregon, they had the camera on our strength and conditioning coach calling him Kellen DeBoer, the head coach for like five minutes and who who eventually got up there and told him, Hey dude, that's not the head coach. I don't know, but that's a lot of interns. (laughs) that's right they're learning at least the game's on (laughs) that's true (laughs) but this one's going to be on cbs sports network so it'll be nationally televised game for everybody so that'll be nice yeah i don't know how much better you know well nowadays you got to pay for everything on uh this different (laughs) streaming networks five different streaming networks to get one yeah i know so um anything else that you think fresno state football fans need to know about unlv I, I am going to harken back to it. It's it's the strength of the defense that UNLV has. And again, I, I know people are going to go then look at the stats that they've put up and they're not going to show that. But mm-hmm. that, that, that goes between people that look at stats and people that actually watch the game. And when you watch UNLV's defense, they're actually very well coached and very good. Very good. They're good at taking the ball away at the right times. They first, they force a turnover in every single game that they've played so far. Um, and they, if, if they want to have a shot at beating Fresno state at all, it's going to have to come from them stopping them. Whether or not they're actually going to be able to do that, I, personally, I, I, I don't think so. And it's not because I don't think the defense is strong enough. I think it's because their offense isn't going to be able to do enough to keep them off the field and get them rested. Mm-hmm. I think, um, what was it, the Arizona State game, they had like 15 or 16 yards of total offense in the second half or something like that, which 
I mean, that's obviously pretty abysmal. <laughs> and I think they, I know. And I think they're in the last two games, I think they've gained like 250 yards or somewhere, somewhere in that area. It's a really low number. Um, I had it written down. I just lost it, but mm-hmm. anywho, yeah, that, that looking out for, I think the defense and then obviously fifth year senior running back, Charles Williams is going to be somebody that they absolutely need to get going if they want to have an outside shot of doing anything in this game. Mm-hmm. What are your predictions for the rest of the season for the rebels? <laughs> so I've gone back and forth with this. <laughs> um, and I, I'll be completely, completely honest here. Um, if they, they, I think honestly, the only team they have a shot at like truly beating would be Hawaii. And the only reason I say that is because it's a three hour time difference for them, but they play a really, really tough schedule the rest of the year. I mean, the mountain West is, it's not, it's still pretty good top to bottom too. Yeah. And they just, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard if their offense can't move the ball for them to really, to really have a shot at winning any of these games. Yeah. I think it's really important for you guys to, in my opinion, to pick a quarterback so that, you know, we can, if I'm, a, if I'm a coach, if I'm a player, we can start learning, adding plays in for this quarterback and uh, kind of start learning as a team wh- where we're going to go, what we can do. Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in before the season starts, you pick your guy and you tell him this is your team. Then you go to the backup. If you're not again, if you haven't like if you're not 100 percent sold on the guy that is mm-hmm. your quarterback, you go to you go to your next guy and you go, hey, listen, this guy's starting. And here's reason X, Y, Z, why he's starting, but you need to be prepared to go in if we need you, but you need to tell somebody that they're the starter so that the offense can kind of start to get into a groove. If you keep rotating guys in and out, like, you know, he's been doing the quarterback can't get into a rhythm or anything like that. And that, right. that's clearly, you've seen that that's been a problem with UNLV for these first three games that they've been playing. Yeah. You also don't build any chemistry with the receivers. No, I mean, and, the, the ball is going to come out differently from all five, four guys. However many dudes are back there. Yeah. When you've, when you've got different people throwing to them, like you, you get accustomed to how somebody throws. If you guys, if you have one person that's doing it. Well, Matt, we'll throw your name in for head coach at the end of the season. If Arroyo gets <laughs> oh, I think you got an idea. <laughs> oh yeah. Please, please, please do. No, please don't. I am. I'm just, I am nowhere near qualified to be a coach. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, Matt, thank you. Uh, I feel like I've learned about UNLV and uh, who I should look out for. So yeah. I mean, have fun at the Raiders game this Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. I'll be thinking about you when I'm watching the game on my couch, <laughs> sipping a glass of wine. But uh, oh, thank you, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, we'll we'll stay in touch and uh, talk some more football later. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys, might for having have, me on. Appreciate. Might it. have to catch up with you for basketball too. Yeah, yeah. we'll do. That'd be fun. So, all right, Matt, have a good one. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya.